0: And, um, baby, yes, and we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number, number, shit, uh, what is it? This is episode number eight, I believe? Yep. Eight episode number eight of the J Money Talks podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Laurel. My apologies for not knowing how many episodes there are. we been doing this every week. So far, we're at eight, episode eight. So two more, we're at episode ten. We gotta make. We might have a special one for that one. We might make a special one. So, i'm the, we are back at this room. I'm actually doing this one a little earlier than normal. Usually I get, usually do this around twelve thirty one o'clock, but I got to take care of some business. Uh, another thing is I need to buy me some new pants, pretty much jeans, because one pair is ripped around the underneath part of my leg, and another and another has a button that's almost coming off. So yeah, your boy gonna get some new pants. So I need a. But I probably need to sew on. Sew the button back. because I just got to sew that button back. The other thing is. It's just ripped from like that. Underneath your leg. But it's at a point where people can see the back part of your leg. So. I could do is just like. I could cut them up. And cut at least. There is one thing I could do with those. And it might. I don't think I want to. I think girls would do this. Like normal. And cut them up got the portion off on both legs, and make it a Daisy Dukes. So, I could go Daisy Dukes, but your boy don't got that much legs, got the legs for it. So, at the moment. Not at the moment, anyway. But, over that, besides the point, we're back with a new episode. We got good uh, stuff to talk about. First big thing is, first couple things is, of course, UFC 252, UFC 252 happened uh Saturday night. Uh, of course, we all have seen that card was actually not bad. It was okay. Like, the big store, big, uh, two big fights that happened in that, that kind of ended short. That ended one, ended shorter than normal, which was a highly anticipated co-main event. Between Sean O'Malley and uh, Marlon uh, Chito Vera, ended sadly in and uh, rather in the first round with uh, but Sean O'Malley and up injuring uh, injuring his leg. It had something to do. I believe it has something to do with like nerves of like nerves and you know, it's like feet or something, which is like something that you had an earlier injury but he ended up finishing one fight with it, so, and winning, so, fortunately, that happened, of course, the main event, a decent, okay main event between, uh, Stipe Miojic and Daniel Cormier, of course, Miojic won the unanimous decision, and, end up, uh, and, uh, DC's now retired, now, uh, we're get into more of that afterwards. Like, what's going to happen next after this event? We'll get into that. Uh, we'll probably talk, we're probably we're going to talk about the playoffs, NBA playoffs. The first double days been good so far, and especially especially one thing about has been going on has been Damian Lillard, who has been bawling like a absolute monster, and uh, we'll get to that. So uh, first, I think we're going to get into. Uh, into this one segment in particular, into one thing in particular about baseball, and this is something that happened Monday night, this is something like Monday night, and this is one of the things is why, if you want to know, I'm not much of a baseball fan per se, but this is one of the reasons why it's hard to be a fan of baseball in general, because you no, Basil has this, like, unwritten like, code of rules. Which is, like, big, more of a gentleman's game and all this bullshit. Which, I'm gonna say, this isn't something I've seen. And this is something I'm gonna talk about. This is fresh on, like, everyone's mind. On everyone's mind. And I'm gonna say this. So, talk about this. So, if anyone does not know, uh, Monday Night, the, uh... Texas Rangers took on, uh, hosted the San Diego Padres in a game on Monday night, and this was a game, Padres was winning pretty handedly, uh, a big thanks to a large part by a man by the name of Francisco Tatis Jr., and uh, yeah, he uh, in the top of a seventh, he ended up scoring this like big uh, home run, which put him up uh which actually put the uh Ranger put the Padres up I believe 10 to 3 they are they end up going off seven which actually which was a free run home run I believe and he just tied he's st- currently tied Mike Trout for for the league lead in home, most home runs and for most home runs and uh Earlier in the game, it was... So, just earlier in the game... So, uh... The first big thing was... This is, like... So, he's already up, like, free, uh... So, this was, like, this... Furrier... So, he's... So, this is, like, his 10th home run. This was, uh... So, one of the big things was... In this thing is about baseball is, is twenty one year old. He's twenty one years old. Uh if you don't know Francisco Fernando Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm sorry. Fernando Tatis Jr. my apologies. Uh he ends up scoring he's gorgeous free one home run, air up ten uh ten to three. earlier at this point in the game. So now we're moving to the eighth. Top of the eighth. Uh Juan Acasio uh Ended up getting... There was, like, one infield single. Infield single. Then, uh, Then, I think, one player walked. There was, like, two walks. And, I think, it was already out already. And, in this... So, uh, Tatis is on... Is in the... In the 18. He actually is a... He is... They pretty much threw... Pretty much the reliever for the uh, Texas Rangers at the time, Juan Nicasio, he ended up throwing free straight balls. Like a couple of them hit the ground and it was just like basically like that he's just looking around. Now before the pitch happens, before this next pitch happens, uh, there was is a thing in Ridden rule Baseball is if you're if you're ahead of an account for Rio and if you're leading by, like, six runs or something, you're supposed to let the pitcher take... You have to let... Take a pitch. Basically, just uh, get, take a strike. Basically, that was the plan. Basically, that's... Usually, this unwritten rule. It's this... Keyword, quote-unquote, unwritten. So... Tatis was... There was a sign, usually base coach would take a sign. Take a sign. Saying like... Let uh, Tatis know. Like yo... This pitch just don't swing at it at all. And Tatis pretty much... I don't even look towards Furbase line. Even though... He was, was like prepping the next pitch. He didn't see the sign. This sign from base coach at all. Nothing at all. So... What happened is the next pitch... Uh, Juan Nicasio threw this like this nice fastball around the middle sort of around the middle. Horseshit Tatis went ahead, took this swing, and the next thing that happened was it was it ended up being a grand slam that tacked on four more runs. Now the rate now the Padres at this point is now lean thirteen fourteen to free. So, at the end of the game... So, this is a game that happened. Uh, basically, it was like... Basically, what happened was that... Uh, the player... Pretty much, like... Basically, everyone's like kind of high-fiving him a bit. And then, like... The manager, who was like the... First-year manager for the Padres... J- Jace uh, Tingler... He kind of just, like... Looked at him like... Uh, dog... Uh, dude, you yeah, shouldn't have taken that swing. Taking that pit taking that swan on that pitch, like pretty much just like. Because what happened is, Jay Singler is actually was a former, um, was with the Rangers at the time. So this was like his first. This is his first time coming back to Texas as the manager for the Padres. So of course, this is something that's gonna happen. The Padres won 14 to four at game. Uh, When Taylor said his manager did congratulate him after hitting his homer, after hitting his homer, this is his, which is actually, which is actually like put him one more homer ahead of Mike Trout, who is pretty much in the league and just got like a big 400. 70 million contract dollar contract like a big extension like it's so um so it, it's like that's a thing like and that's one of the things about it is so one of the things about this is is that like like pretty much the manager said like well he's young a free spirit and focus on all these all those things. That's the last thing that will ever take away. It's a learning opportunity. That's it. It's grown from this. But... But Tingler... Tingler did say, like, just you know, a lot of our guys have a green light to swing at a free pitch if the opportunity arises. But for that particular situation, we've had a little bit of a comfortable lead. We're not trying to run up for scoring anything like that. Which I'm like, so the Rangers... I guess show, like... Okay, fuck you, kid. Like, pretty much said, fuck you, kid. Sides to throw the next pitch behind... Manny Machado, who is also, like, this... A big name in the league. And, uh... But that pitch was the first pitch from this... Young rookie by the name of Ian Gabalt. Who actually replaced... The previous pitcher... Juan Nicasio. So... But I just said, like... I, I didn't... Manager for Rangers, uh... Joyce Woodward. No, Chris Woodward. Sorry. He says... I didn't like this personally. But, like I said, the norms are being challenged on a daily basis. So, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not right. Only we liked it as a group. So, Tatus Lair says... He actually got the message a bit because... He said this... Uh, I've been in this game since I was a kid. I know a lot of unwritten rules. I was kinda lost on this. Those experiences you'll have to learn. Probably next time I'll take a pitch. Okay. This is one of the things that is about baseball that makes zero sense. And this is what a lot of fans agree with. I agree with this as well. If this... Now, I can understand this. If this was like basketball, like... You're already up like 10, 15 points. You can run in. Just run the clock out. You could just run the clock out and not score much. I mean, just you can just hold the ball. Hold the ball. And then just like... You know, dribble around, and then dribble, pass it around, and shoot it like, the last possible second. If it makes, it makes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And pretty much that's how you at least handle that. Or towards, but if you just, like, kept playing, like, still competitively, and just kept tagging on the score more and more. Yeah, I kind of would, there's a point you kind of would try, there would be some inch. you would probably be a little upset. If this was like football, yeah, if you are like, if you're already like up like three or four touchdowns, and you keep, if you just like score another touchdown, a couple more touchdowns, and you're just telling like the opposing team, yo, scoreboard or some shit, like, you're, you're, bra- you're kind of bragging a bit. Like, you, like we get, it, you're ready to score up, but come on, you don't have to brag about that. In baseball, it's like, my thing about this whole thing is, you're paid. You're even paid to do one of two things. If you're a pitcher, your main job is to pitch. That's all you do. You practically just pitch. Now, yes, there are some pitchers who can hit baseballs that can hit. The closest was Babe Ruth. He was a pitcher and he dude sw- was a slugger. But this is that time where baseball, baseball, you could play multiple positions. You can play. You can be a pitcher and still hit. You can be have to be a hitter because you're on the rotation. Now that was a thing back before the the American League did the uh, DH rule, the designated hitter rule, and this was like the American League decided to do that. The National League decided we're gonna keep it you know, the traditional, like pitcher has to hit. So, uh... but this is that time where. No designated hero rule was like universal as is now, but one of the big things about this is Venus. He's a shortstop, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. He's a shortstop. There are three things. Okay, is either a. Some cases you make some leaping catch on a live drive. Number two, feel the ball and get the simple ground out, or work a double play, or catch an infield fly in your way. That's all he does. So one of the big things that he makes his money on is to hit a baseball. And my thing is, like, if you're a hitter. And you see uh if you see a fastball coming right in, up the middle, which is like the one place you'd tr- pretty much love to have, is that one good hit pitch coming right up the middle where you can just take as much force and hit this in as hard as you possibly can swing it. And the goal is you want to at least hit it hard enough to where you pretty much sent that ball. Out of the ballpark or at least at least close to a wall or somewhere it hit somewhere where you can start you can get on base or be in a position to score for another player to put you in a better position to score. Score a run for your team. My issue is there to about this is there's a thing like Nowadays, if this was... A thing like, about baseball. If this was something that happened 40 years ago, if there was a comfortable, like, 6-7 run lead, and... and that... and if you swung off a free pitch like that, back then, yes... Yes, that would probably start some kind of bench-clearing brawl of some kind, of some sort, or something. Because at that point, that's rare, and it's, like, considered disrespectful. But now... We, those fans aren't, we aren't like those fans, people like my age and stuff. Like Fernando Tatis Jr.'s age, 21 and, between 21 and up, 21 to, i say 30 year old demographic. We don't have like that particular, we aren't like people who really like values like that type of respect or something like that we care about like high scores we care about offense that's one of the things we love about baseball more than anything one of the biggest things that did ratings for baseball was the summer of 1996 seeing like mark mcguire and sammy sosa took it out for that home run record that had some of the biggest ratings in all of baseball that's why when we—that's why we love Barry Bonds when he hit seventy. That's why we love Barry Bonds when he broke Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth's record. Like now, I know what you're thinking. Like, oh come on! Well, they took steroids and all this shit. Listen, if you look at how look at ratings from back then, you look at ratings now. Those were the best seasons because we all loved it, and people like question like. Last year, they were talking about, like, the balls being made differently, where there was more home runs last year. Do you think we give a fuck about the balls being made different, or being doctored, or some bullshit? No! If there was, like, more offense happening, the game was much more faster, why are you upset about something that makes the game better, in a way? Like, no one really gives a fuck about pitching, really. The only people who really would give a fuck about pitching are, like, older fans. Because they don't want games to be high pay, high-run, higher score. We don't care. Like, understand. Our attention span is... A player's attention span is kind of, like... Is quick. If I would, Like, if you're someone who makes, like... That does a position. That makes a game, like makes this, like, like, if it's something, like, ba- let's mean, like, baseball, like, no one, like, I don't, like, if you're, like, a hardcore fan, yeah, you'll watch a game regardless of what it is, but someone casual, we don't want to see much about baseball, really, because the pacing is too slow, like, one thing is, like, about, like, baseball is a slow sport, like, it should take you... Shouldn't take you long to throw a baseball. Take you a long time to throw a baseball. Like, I get it. There's hand positions, but look. At a point in time, like, listen. Either you... Like, it shouldn't be time time that you have to decide which pitch you should try to throw. Which pitch you shouldn't try to throw. It should be, like, instant. Like... should be, like, more instant like instantly like a snap of your finger just like okay like like here's the thing like it's in like a lot of things it's more of like a day driven game like and there's like stats and stuff like a lock is Verizon fantasy baseball a lot of us want a player like that to hit that home run or hit that grand slam because to us that adds more that's fantasy points or to us like daily fantasy leagues, like that helps add points to us. That helps add points to the board. That helps us with getting more chance of winning like that week, or or like gain better chance of winning some more ca- some serious cash, or something like on Fanduel or DraftKings or whatever. That's to us what we love. So the fact that to me, I say this with the Rangers. And this is what a lot of people are saying. Why not throw a better pitch? Or B. Just walk the kid if you know this kid can swing a fucking baseball. Can swing a baseball. Now yeah, you got Machado coming up. He might hit, he might swing that, he might swing that Grand Slam. Might swing Grand Slam. But here's the thing, it's either you ever walk him or B. If he wants to swing it. Swing. If he's gonna swing. Don't make it easy for him to make the grand slam. If you're on a pitcher. And your goal is to make sure you don't have this player. Can't hit a baseball. Then do your job. Make this kid earn his fucking swing. So... All I'm saying is, to the Rangers, that is your fault for making him get that home run. That's your fault for giving him the grand slam. You're already down seven. You have, like, two... You're, I feel like, at least two innings to at least bring this game back on your home fucking field. Understand something. Like, one of the things I saw was that the... Fet the Padre's head, like... Hold on one second. Okay, we're back. Um, I had to make this quick phone call. Somehow I thought my father had this doctor's appointment all the way in Indiana, but... It was actually right by the house, which is two minutes away. So, let me get this out of the way quick here. This is a thing about, like, a lot of... This is, like, something that's happened before involving bat flips. And there's, like, a thing of bat flips, and then, like, the stuff of like, the players buying their home runs a bit. And it's, like, a conventional thing where it's, like, why is that a big deal? Honestly. Like, to be fair, this is a thing, like, in the 2015 playoffs, in the 2015 ALDS, between the Rangers and, is this the Texas. Rangers, you've... Ben, you've played a role in some major hits involving in the playoffs over the years, and this is something that's your fault here. Okay, keep in mind, this is something that you have done over years. Five years ago, you played the you played the Toronto Blue Jays game five ALDS. You guys had a good lead lead over a crate over some weird rule that it was like. Dude was in the batter's box, the catcher t- hit the tip of a dude's bat, and got a couple runs scored because of it. What happened next? For The Blue Jays score two on you, and then to make sure, add insult entry, Joey Jose Batista channeled like the energy of that crowd, and hit a BOMB! In front of you. And just to, for good measure. T- chucked this bat like. Just like the ball. Told the bat. Fuck out of here. That's what this dude said. Five years ago. And then one of your players decided to start a fight. Over it like. Three. Like six months later. Because he got shitted on. And I think you guys lost that game too. So it's like. Bitch, <laughs> the fuck. So then you guys complaining about some shit that you caused, that a pitcher caused. Understand? If your pitcher froze the pitch, throw a better pitch. Earn the swings. Tell, keep, and all I'm saying is this: if you're upset, like, okay, these guys really don't give a fuck about keeping a lead, attack or keeping like what to say competitive. All the game. Basically, what Talatis is saying is... I'm going to keep this game competitive from the first at-bat to the last one. All I'm saying is to the Raiders... Keep that same energy... Even if the fleet is... Because, saying, Like, the page, Patri- the Padres had a lead, like a 10-run lead in the past... Or... a lost. Or something. Or a 7-run lead in the past and lost... And Apatricev came back from a 10-run lead, so here's the thing: no lead in baseball is really safe. So if you really just, like, no, just throw pitches, just, like, just don't matter, no. Tatis is saying this if I'm a bit bet, and yeah, I have a chance to swing that ball, I'ma swing at the fucking ball. I don't give a fuck what lead it is. I don't care if it's a one run game, two run game, three run game, seven, 10, 15, 20, whatever it is. I'ma keep the same energy. All I'm saying is to the Rangers, what he's saying is keep that same energy with him, with the Padres. To very much to go instead of responding by throwing pitches behind a player's back or head, just to let him know, like yo, I don't like that. That's some pussy shit. You know what's real ball energy? Going in there, and waiting for the fucking fences. That's the energy you need to keep. Instead of doing some bitch shit like that. What happened? So it's like that's what you need to do. That's what we all want to see happen in this game. Is listen, like in my opinion, this is what this is what the league needs to do. Sit down with all the managers, all like the GMs, and all this, all the players, and all this stuff have a G, like a huge league meeting. Say, okay, let's look at the all the unwritten rules. Let's see what all all the unwritten rules are. We deem like are the part of the unwritten rules, and then see which should be added to the rule book officially in which is actually complete bullshit. <laughs> to me, the first thing is, look, keep is probably that six run rule, the free o shit is stupid. Throw it away. Everyone does black flips. Cause I mean, if you look at all the players in this league, like like Fernando Tatis and like some of the players some of these players grew up in the 90s are like radical, like people are growing up in the 90s. People who are playing this game now are in their 20s. Grew up in the 90s, 2000s. They've seen players like Vince Carter, Ken Riffey Jr., A-Rod, and pretty much some of these players who really don't give a fuck. Didn't really give much of a fuck about tradition. So all I'm saying is... If you're going to get on this kid for pretty much doing something that, probably getting Griffey said, Let the kids play. Keep the same energy. Work for, listen, if you're going to make, if you do not want this kid to swing at a freebie, then make it easier, make it a better pitch. For a better pitch. That's all I'm saying is. Me, this is how if you want this game to survive or thrive more, this is how you gotta do it. Get rid of some of the stuff with bat flips. Seriously, like, let if it's like if it's a home run I hit, I hit, and it was something I like earned, like from like a 2 2 or like a 2 1 or some something where I was like, or I was something I was like behind an 0 2 pitch, and I get a good swing on it. I'm like, that's better for me. That's something I'm like, I feel earned. And if it's a home run that, like, gets me, gives my team the lead or was a walk-off, I'ma flex, I'ma do one thing. I'ma flex on y'all. Because that is something that you cause. You threw the pitch. And you got the consequences. You got the L. So... All I'm saying is to the Rangers, keep the same energy. If, right, I the Tatis is me that same energy with the bats in a game where he's winning, keep the same energy on the bats for the next two innings. You got two innings to at least score at least another 11, 12 runs. You have like six outs. Just at that point, try swing for the fucking fences. Instead, what you're all doing is acting like a bunch of little pussies with your feelings hurt. Come, grow a goddamn said It's hard to swing the fucking bats. Bitch. Alright. I'm gonna go. I gotta get to get some shit done. I gotta take a shower real quick. So, this might be a few hours later. So, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about UFC 252. We're going to talk about the playoffs. And we're going to talk about some of the stuff going on in training camp with the Ravens. And uh, in the NFL in general. So, uh, don't go anywhere, y'all. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Alright. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. With the May Talks Podcast. It's been a few hours. Uh, I've pretty much had to. It took a few hours. But found some pants. One I found a good pair right now. Uh, in terms of pretty much waist. It is I'm a 46. Found a couple pairs of shirts. Couple pairs of shirts. But I'm gonna be working on this, uh, belly. Your boy is uh dieting, cutting down for Halloween. I'm playing on dressed up as Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, you know what I'm saying? Get over here. So, that's what your boy doing? Week two so far, not bad. Uh, we're gonna know the first week. If I'll probably post something on on the Instagram in a minute, but outside the point, that sides the point. We're back. Let's go into one of the big topics. One of the things we're gonna talk about is probably what happened afterwards with USC two fifty two. But why not cover that real quick? I'm going to cover that real quick. Uh, Let me find. uh, Let's see. Yeah. So UFC 252. Alright. Because I didn't get a chance to see any and all of the. So I didn't see any of the prelims. So I don't know. So I say this. Congratulations to Hi Kamaka, Chris Dacus, first round TKO. Um, Vina Sosa, unanimous decision. Danny Chavez, unanimous decision. Verna Gendiroba with uh, first round submission. And Vink Pichel in uh, for the featured prelim bouts. Congratulations on those fights. So let's go to the first one. First fight was between uh, uh, John Dawson versus Marab Dollish. I think it was like Dollish Wheelie, which I was like Wallace Wheelie. I think that's what it was. I might admit, but Marab. This guy this kid, uh let me say this. I watched this fight and let me just say this is a very talented kid. He not only can A get the takedown, he tried to get takedowns on Dawson, he, he got close. He uh got down a bit but got him down, but John Dawson was good squirming away. Um, when the big things was he ended up holding his ground in the standup game, like he was able to get some uh decent shots. It was a decent fight. He uh Rob actually, uh, did well in the fight. He actually, uh, got him in the clinch a good amount of times. He was actually attacking, like, the knees and the calves, which was actually a good way of, like, being active and everything. He did pretty good. It was, uh, I was quite impressed. And I think this is, like, his first fight, I think, in the top 15. So, I'm just saying it's very impressive. 88, uh, total strikes. 50 significant strikes. Uh, 30, 30 shots to the 30 shots to pretty much the leg which is a big thing uh, he got 2 out of uh, 20 take attempts so it's actually he did pretty good he was uh, tenacious uh, all 3 judges scored it 30-27 so uh, good job to uh, it was a good job to uh, follow uh for that fight so uh, congratulations to him Alright, next fight was between uh, Herbert Burns versus Daniel the Pit Pineda, who competed in his first fight since 24- 2014. Um, I don't know what happened there, what got him back in this, but he ended up doing amazing well. He ended up, uh, so far the fight was pretty decent. Uh, big thing was uh, Pineda, like, stalked him down. He was, and he uh, played the aggressor pretty well. Like 173 total strikes out of 205, 57 of them uh, significant strikes. Were significant strikes mostly headshots, uh, and he ended up winning via TKO v- with elbows, with some nice elbows uh, in a cru- crucifix position. In that, that was a uh, impressive, uh, quite impressive. I don't know how he got in. Into- got him into that position but i just saw it and i just like i that's, that was impressive so uh yes big uh congratulations to uh Pineda for the win uh welcome back to the ufc hope we can see more of you competing oh i'm impressed so we go next to the heavyweights the big boys and uh Jar- it was between Jarcino versus uh, JDS Jr. Santos, and it was okay. It, it was a decent fight. It was like, uh, I think it was interesting. Uh, Rosenstruck was a bit more of a aggressor, 42 compared to 24. And, uh, so far, both of them were, both have this, and both men have, uh, huge knockout power. And, uh, I think one of the things is, uh, Rosenstruck was respecting his, his power, and, uh, yeah, and he ended up doing pretty well. Uh, one of the things that uh, J.S. tried to do was go for the body. Looked like most of them affected the body. thirteen out of the uh, 24 significant strikes he did was to the body. You know, try to soften him up a bit, which is smart. Soften the body uh, hit soften the body. Start I aiming mean, to the head opens up, and, and it did well. But, uh, uh Drake he, uh, ended up getting one lucky strike. Fake got one, uh... Jab, faked the jab and then caught him with an overhand, like, check up... Uh, check left, or check right, I believe. Check hook. And, uh, yeah, ended up hitting, uh... Ended up hitting, uh... JDS knocking him down. Uh, JDS tried to get back up. But, hit struck, struck him again, and, uh, knocked him out. And that was, uh... And it was a good fight there. Uh, that was in the second round. Uh, pretty good. Now we go into the combing event, which is honestly was. Uh, this one was highly anticipated to be a great fight between uh, both uh, Sugar Shane O'Malley versus Marlon Chito Vera. And it started off pretty decent. It was looking like pretty good. And then. But uh, the sad case is like Sean O'Malley had a. Sadly, uh, something to do with his nerve, when a nerve in his foot. end up, like, going out on him, and it was, like, a bad injury, which hurt him a bit. Also played a role in the finish, which was something, uh, like, a little bit quicker than normal. But, uh, Fury ended up getting him down, uh, ended up opening, getting op- uh, a couple elbows, which hurt him a bit because I don't think he was focused on. Uh, things this, I don't think they were focusing on. He was thinking about the shot, him getting hit. He was thinking of more or less, uh, more or less the uh, injury in question. So I, I won't take that away from Chito. Or I'm like, but still, uh, but yeah. Uh, Chito Vera won that one via knockout TKO with elbows. And um yeah, that was a it was a bad fight. I was thinking it was a I was anticipated to be that smash would be good. And uh sadly it just ended in a kind of a short fashion. So it just uh yeah we we'll just have to focus on that another time. Okay, so let's move on now to the main event. This is the main event of the evening for the USC heavyweight title M C B- Miocic versus Daniel Cormier for the third time. This is this is that this is the end the trilogy. And uh, this was actually a decent matchup. It was uh pretty good. Uh it's but uh, Daniel Cormier did get a takedown in in the beginning round and he was going to and he tried to do some try to go for takedowns, but more attempts, but but one of the things that C Bay did was End up having good, uh, clinch control. He was making sure, like, he, that, uh, Daniel Cormier was not going to be able to at least get anything, any type of, like, like, hand control or anything to, like, at least make this fight work. Um, make the fight work. Uh, one of the big things was, Stipe ended up getting a good amount of shots in. Ended up, uh, getting at least a knockdown towards the end of the second round. Uh, Got him to mount, but, uh, and DC ended up escaping uh, by the bell. Got saved by the bell. Ended up getting this, like, really, really close. Like, the last ten seconds of the round and, uh, second round. And he end up... And, uh, Stepe did alright. And, um... There was a way, I think, this fight would have went either way. And then, but, um... I read that there was a point in the fight where... Stepe uh, poked, uh, DC in the eye. And... It got to a point where he probably, uh, he ended up, I think he said a torn cornea in his left eye, which was a bad, which was bad. It was something that the referee missed, uh, and this, and no disrespect just Mark Garter, who, uh, initiated a fight. It's, it was just one of those things that you just, that you usually would watch. He did call, uh, poke on, uh, DC, on DC. But he couldn't catch, didn't catch this one, and uh, DC couldn't like see this. Is like a uh, third round of fight, so it was uh, one of those things that happened. Uh, after the fight, this was a good fight, it was a trilogy, was good. This is a good way, and uh, sadly, now uh, this is the end for uh, DC now. He decided to retire, um, decides to uh, go into retirement, and uh, yeah, i say this. DC, you deserve this, uh, Well, you were a great fighter, um, great fighter, uh, great champion. Um, it's just now. It's just a bit of a shame. Now he's probably going to be this. He's probably now going to be. He's still. I still say he's in the conversation to be one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, and at least one of the best all-around mixed martial artists because he's uh, second ever. Two division champion, so that you can't take any, you just you can't uh, take anything from that. So, so that's gonna be the big thing now. Now, we go into now the next big uh, fight event is gonna be UFC 253 between and that's gonna be between Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa, 06. And also, they just announced this earlier today, Dominic Reyes. Is Taking on Ian Blacklitz for a now vacant UFC light heavyweight title because John Jones is said he's gonna book up and move up to the heavyweight ranks. Now, people, now a lot of people are wondering now that he's going up to the heavyweight ranks, does that mean he's automatically going to compete for the UFC heavyweight title? Now, is he in the title picture automatically? He is gonna get a shot if he. Dana White did say he's open to him having a shot if he wants it. But, Francis Ngannou is the number one contender for the heavyweight title. I think it's best we give them, we give the people that fight first. Then, John Jones gets the winner. Whoever that is. And, that's going to be the... I think that's the next fight at heavyweight for Sipe. Which is for, against Francis Ngannou, who is who after the loss to Stipe a couple years ago, dude came back every four fights, and in the first round, put motherfuckers to sleep. Now, do I think that... Do I think Francis has the capability of knocking, of beating Stipe? I think he can. I think Francis can get him, get a good shot in, and if it's like... If he can get the power in, and get that shot in... Woo! woo. Like, see, big... We are going to see the Predator become the champion. I'm gonna say, and I'm going to say, that's a scary man. The, that is one scary, scary man. This dude has, like, that Nike, Mike Tos, T- Mike Tyson, DeAndre Wilder strength in him. And this is, like, a and this this man is scary. To fight so it is, uh, it is an interesting, interesting fight. So now we go into that. Now, the big thing is next month is gonna be so. I'm hoping we get that. I say this is probably something that's gonna happen probably in the springtime, probably. So, spring 2021, hopefully, we can all go. Hopefully, if this whole country can wear a mask. And if the vaccine comes, we can go back to the game. We can go to these fights, and I'm excited. I would want to go to that fight, please. Whenever it is, I'm ready to go. So, so now we go. Let's talk about I guess Izzy on Izzy, Stylebender versus Polacosta. This is probably the ultimate matchup between you, of who. Is a, the most precise striker, most uh, the most tactical, most primal striker in the, the in the game right now. Versus a man who practically, once he touches you, you're automatically going to die. <laughs> and I've never seen any Paul Costa fights before. I'm this is my first... The last I heard was pretty much... They talked about him. He talked... is He's talked about him. After the fight, people say that he is hyped to be... Uh, hyped... Uh, he's going to be, like, the next champion or some kind or something. And this is, like, the next Contender. And I'm, like... And next thing I know is, like... The hearings out these two do not like each other. And per- clearly do not like each other one bit. This is, like... Now, you're thinking like most of like John Jones DC levels here. It's like somehow the tension between the two, like the moment these two face off, they're gonna face this. this you probably might need an army to, to corral these two, because the tension between the two of them is intensely and personified. And it's like, it's gonna happen. This is gonna be the high package for the fight, the press conferences. The forehand, the face off at of the weigh in, and then the fight itself is gonna be insane. Like somehow this ain't going to the judges. I don't believe any of this is going to the judges. It's gonna end with someone going down, going down, and I'm excited to see who. Do I know who do I think is gonna win? All I say is this for someone who is pers- as precise as. Izzy, I kind of want to, I kind of give it to him a bit. But I'm thinking, I'm going to watch, I might see uh, some of Izzy's fights and see some of Paul's fights. And I think after a couple weeks, we're going to, we'll do a, more of a closer, like, breakdown. But I think I know some people who will do it. I'll probably have some people with me who know, who does breakdowns of this stuff. And it's, uh, it'll be interesting to do. But uh, for now, that's, I think it's it's going to be easy for now. Uh, the next thing is Reyes. I mean, Reyes versus Ian Blackwitz. This is this is a title fight. This is, this was going to be like a title. Uh, this is was going to be a title eliminator. Who winner was going to face John Jones. And uh, now it's just like winner gets the UFC light heavyweight title. And pretty much. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a, a good fight to see. And I'm uh, wondering who else will be. Coming up in 205 layer on, it's gonna be another thing is, now there's, like, a now this is, uh, actual, like, how the whole Light Heavy title finally open after practically a decade. As, uh, since over a decade, this is gonna be an interesting to see who is gonna be the champ, the champion, and who's gonna be stepping up as contenders. Now, who's gonna be the new, uh, How's that division going to go and everything. And, um... <clears throat> yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. See? And, uh... But, um, yeah, for now, this is, uh... This is going to be interesting. We got a month. It's going to be coming up in another month from now. We'll probably talk about this in the future. In uh, future episodes to come. So, we're going to take a break. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'll be back in, like, Two minutes. And uh, we're going to talk about the playoffs here. <clears throat> Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back with the Jimmy Talks Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Alright, everyone. We're back with the uh, Talks Podcast. We're actually, so right now, we are going to talk about the NBA playoffs now. This was a, uh, so far, this series, this past, these first couple days has been uh, pretty interesting. Has been pretty interesting right now. Uh, The big thing that's going on right now is, of course, the the first big thing was the first two days was packed with action, was packed with a lot of action. The first big ones, if so, started Monday. We started with probably, and the playoffs started with probably a barn burner of a game between the Nugget, Denver Nuggets, and the Utah Jazz. Uh, Nuggets won one thirty-five to one twenty-five. And the the big big story in that one was probably Jamal Murray doing a end up going back to back, going uh, hitting ten of his thirty six points in overtime, especially on a day for probably Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell who uh, former Louisville Cardinal by the way plays for Utah Jazz, uh, just flat out went off, scored fifty seven points. For most in Utah Jazz history and the third most in in an NBA playoff game behind Elgin Baylor with a 61 point performance for the Lakers and of course MJ with a 63 point performance against the Celtics in an overtime loss and a great overtime loss and this was a big one and uh, this was a big one. But Jamal Murray ended up scoring 10 out of 16 points. And uh, pretty much helped uh, give uh, Nuggets a uh, 10-point lead, the, the 10-point win, giving them the first game in this first-round series. And this is a big one. They're actually playing today. He was... Uh, so he ended up going uh, when uh, Mike Conley for Jazz ended up leaving the bubble he went back to Ohio to see witness the birth of his son. Hope he comes back. will uh, hopefully he'll be back. And I guess I do know this. He is gonna. Do I think there was a? Do I think this game was gonna go down back to back and forth? This was gonna be something that was gonna happen. Uh, one of the things about this game was Denver during regular season and a, and in the restart. They never did go 3 but won by a combined margin of 11 points. The last one was actually 11 days ago. And I let 132, one, 134, 132 double over thriller in August 8th. So this is a big thing. The biggest one was playing. Was pretty much, was staying out, staying out of this game amazingly. Jamal Murray ended up scoring 20, uh, points in the 4th quarter and in overtime. And, to do, and their winnings was pretty much, and then Don Mitchell scored 22 points in the 4th, 17, 17 more in the, uh, and then 17 points on, uh, in the 2nd, 2nd quarter. So, yeah, that's, uh, that was a big thing after this. Uh, do I think this is going to be a long series? I believe so. This is gonna be a game. I think this is gonna be an intriguing series. It's, I think a good chunk, some chunks of the series is gonna be exp- is gonna be interesting. And Jazz Nuggets is gonna go probably. I say six. I say this will be going six games. It is. Gonna, I think it's gonna be six games. Uh, right now, it says here in accordance to the NBA's COVID nineteen policies, Mike uh, Conley is gonna be. Is subject to a quarantine of at least four days when he decides to return to the bubble. So that means he's probably missing the first two se- games of the series. So um, yes, this is going to be it. That's one of the big things. Is uh, in the next game that happened Monday was between the Brooklyn Nets and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Raptors are coming to pretty much begin beginning there. Pretty much their title event, their title defense, they're the second seed in this series. They end up winning their game 100 for 134 to 110 behind uh, three points from Fred Van Fleet, who pretty much uh, practically maintained like the intensity of playoffs. They even, and this was a uh, they matched a uh, season high of 22 three pointers instead of franchise playoff record with 22. Uh, he ends up getting a... Ends up getting uh Brave and Lead also got 11 assists in the game. With only one turnover. So, he's the first Raptor in France's history to combine 30-plus points and 10-plus assists in a playoff game. Uh, with less than 5 minutes of first half, the Raptors were ahead 68-35 to 35 at one point. Uh, but later... Later in the game... Late in the third quarter, Brooklyn ended up cutting the margin down to 8. But the Raptors came back and uh, pulled away. And uh, But one of the big things for Raptors off the bench was was Serge Ibaka getting 22 points off the bench. Pascal Siakam and getting 18-11, double-double. Uh, Kyle Lowry had 16 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists, no turnovers whatsoever. Marcus Gasol scored 13 points. OG and had 12 points and Terrence Davis scored 11 for the now for the now for the uh, Nets here uh, leading scorer was off the bench by uh, let's see what's the name is Timothy Luwalu Cabaret scored 26 points, match career high 26 points uh, Joe Harris scored 19 points. Ver- Cl- Re- Karis Levert ended up having 15 points and 15 assists. Jared Allen collected 15 points and 12 rebounds. Gary Temple also had a 10 points. Uh, one of the biggest thing was. One of the big things it was pretty much. This was a, practically a great uh, game. This is a. Uh, Game, and this is also them also uh, playing without Cole playing without KD and Kyrie. Of course, KD is recovering from the Torrent Achilles tending he uh, tore in the finals, and Kyrie is out with, uh, I think, a knee injury of some kind, so they're both out of this. So, and this is something that was uh, expected. The next, close, now this one was a more closer game, and this is between the Celtics and the 76ers, a classic Eastern Conference rivalry game. And uh, the big one was Jason Tatum scoring, having a career playoff high, 32 points and 13 rebounds. And then also the next game was, of course, going to be Jalen Brown scoring 29 points. 15 of them was in the fourth quarter. And so both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown led the way for the team for the Celtics in this game. Kimball Walker scoring 19 points for the Celtics. Uh, the biggest one about the, for the Six the Sixers was that Joe Embiid ended up getting 26 points, 16 rebounds. Josh Richardson and Alex Burks both added 18 points for them. Uh, they end up being out without... They nearly pulled off a win without Ben Simmons, which was a big one. And, uh, yeah, one of the big things is Tobias Harris had seven assists and in the first half, but in the second half, he did end up having none. Others, Al Horford, ended up getting called for a flagrant one in the fourth quarter for Falcons Brown. Uh, what happened was Horford decided to corral Brown on a Dr. Hoop, ended up shooting 26%. And the team, but the big thing for the team was they shot 26% in the fourth quarter overall. So that's, uh, so I thought that needs to be fixed. The bad news is for the, uh, for the Celtics, they're now down without Gordon Hayward. He now has just I believe it was a grade three ankle sprain. So now he's out for, gonna be out for now for the next four weeks. So, so it looks like you probably don't, so that means the year, pro- let's just say this, for now, the Celtics are probably going to be without Hayward for probably the rest of the playoffs, maybe. Depends on how the series goes, how each series will go and everything. So right now, it is going to be uh, I mean, that needs to be fixed. Um, big thing was, out of the 18 turnovers the Sixers-, Sixers had, the Celtics scored 21 points off of that, off the ball. So this is going to be, uh, so they're going to be playing tonight. And then the final game was between the Clippers and the Mavericks behind uh, Luka Doncic with Luka Doncic eight leading away in the playoffs. In his, uh, and this was a big thing there. So the big thing was they had a play role with Wilder scoring uh, 29 points, 12 rebounds. And, uh, and a bigger boost of it was Chris yeah, Supreme was getting ejected earlier in the game. Uh, the biggest aim was... It was... The right thing was... I think was, he was ejected. For picking up a second technical foul in the game. But it was like... A lot of things was believed to... Uh, and... Who both... Uh, so, like... He ended up getting this technical foul because... The second technical foul was about... Was Dantas would call for palming to palm the basketball. Morris end up trying to grab the ball. Was felt eager to grab the ball from Dantas. End up grabbing Dongas instead, who ended up who was trying to push his way free. Persingas came over, pretty much try to get more, e and uh, tried to brush away Morris, like just to like you know like egg hey, off my teammate. And Morris responded with a pushback. Because of it, and what happened was... Referees both gave both players technical fouls. It was... Which... When you hear that, it sounds like... Persigas didn't do anything. He was just like... Just just, just go back. Just go... Step back. Like, try to pull his teammate away. Like, start... Not start anything. So, Morris was the aggressor. He should have gotten a technical foul. I'm fat. So, him... So, one of the things was... uh, Yeah, it was a thing that was... That was a bad thing. And I think it was... uh, Yeah, that was uh, something that was going bad. And... And this was... uh, So, what happened next was pretty much the... uh, Yeah, this was a big thing. This was uh, one of the... One of the things that happened, and this was a big, uh... Portion of this whole thing was about the, um... About that, and, uh... Yeah, so, uh... The Mavs couldn't come back without, uh... Don- Look at shit and I uh, still... And it's, uh... It was a bad thing. Uh... For, for Dongichit, he ended up scoring 42 points. That's the most ever by any player in his first postseason game. He also had in seven, 9 assists, 7 rebounds... So for a good chunk tonight, night, he tried to get the Mavericks, who are the seventh seed, uh, and could have pulled off, but couldn't pull off the upset over the two seed in his first game of the series, which is a big would have been a big thing. Uh, uh, of course, Paul George scored at 27 points for the Clippers. Marcus Morris had 19 points for the Clippers. Uh, for the Mavericks, Tim Hardaway Jr. scored 18 points. Porzingis, before the ejection, ended up getting 14 points, along with Seth Curry. Not Steph. Seth Curry. Which is the brothers. And, but, uh, one of the big things was, he just kept, uh... But I think it, but the big thing was, pretty much trying to, uh, you know, got a little more physical in this game. I think the big thing was, they were... The Clippers Society was play a little bit more physical with Doncic. Because he's a rookie, and this is, like, his first posing game. So, it's just like, you know, hey, if you're going to go into the basket, if you're going to try to get into the basket, pretty much, like, sort of like a Pistons, the bad boys Pistons. Like, hey, if you're going to go into the paint, you got to earn the baskets in the paint. So, that was what happened in this game. And I think this is one of those big things for, uh, with the... With, uh, Dallas and, uh... So, this was a big thing. Um the Marcus Moore said that neither player should have gotten a technical for it. I mean it is a playoffs. I mean So uh yeah this was something that was going on and this was a big uh thing um and this was a big thing uh one things was uh one of the big things I was that uh Luke actually at one point slipped on slips to the court on a drive and end up, it looked like he ended up uh, hurting his lower leg. He actually did leave, went back, went to the back ever coming out of the game soon, uh, but he ended up coming back. I think they came, he did come back after uh, later on. Uh, Dallas made uh, 12 freeze in the first half, which is a fr- franchise playoff record. Uh, one of the big stories in the game was, of course, Montrezl Harrell, another former Cardinal, coming back, coming back from after leaving the team for his uh, grandmother's death. First grandmother's death, he ended up getting six points in 15 minutes of action. The big thing was uh, he ended up missing the first uh, six games. You no, know, be with his grandmother, and um, uh, and then the last few he. Missed the last two games. While, uh, quarantined after returning to the camp, to, uh, the bubble. Coming into returning to the bubble. He, uh, after finishing quarantine, he joined teammates Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, he came back. And, uh, yeah, this was a big thing. And, uh, so, yeah, it was just, uh, it's an emotional thing. I hope this is, it's just good Cause uh this is a uh, yeah this is something that you sure needs to feel bad and uh yeah that was Monday so that was Monday now let's go into the big games into the games on Tuesday the first was the Orlando Magic taking on first started off with the Magic taking on the Bucks to me when I look at that series I'm thinking this is gonna be an easy series for the Bucks for the Bucks and was gonna go in this game. Ray just, you know coming into this game and my thought was that the Bucks was going to go into this one just ready to just storm through and just storm through and storm magic and just you know send him home early but I don't know what it is I guess it's that magic in Walt Disney gave <laughs> him some magic or something because what happened was uh, a player by the name of Nikola Vuce- Vuce- Vucevic. Yeah, um. So I'm sorry, I'm bad in this. But uh, Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic, yes. Scored, end up getting in a a playoff career high, 35 points and fourteen rebounds, and in that played a role in helping the Magic like. Stunned Bucks, 112, 122 to one ten, uh, in that in that first game, of the day, Terrence Frost came in with uh, eighteen points, Gary Clark at fifteen, and D J Augustine had a uh, 11.11 assist double double for the eighteen Magic who added, came in into this game fourteen point underdogs in that game, so that was a big thing. So now in this in this best of seven series. ...the big thing was going to be... ...was probably going to be a sweep for the Bucks. Now it's probably something that could end... ...probably five. Or six. Or some the Magic winning this series. And that's something that's interesting. Um, one of the things Vucevic said about the whole thing about the play, people saying about the Magic's chances in the series... ...he says... We don't care what other people have to say. We focus on ourselves. And we came out and played a great game on both ends of the floor. And and they it, it pretty much did at that point. Uh, what did, uh... For bucks, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is probably... Who was last season's MVP. And was the MVP of the game. Um, and, uh... End up finishing with 31 rebounds, the uh, 17 rebounds, and seven assists for Milwaukee. Uh, but in the 11 final 11 minutes of the fourth quarter, license the uh, and Giannis ended up being human because he was held out of field goal over the last 11 minutes, and then as the fourth quarter went on, he seemed to get more frustrated. So it's uh that is something that is now something there because that is a. Uh, Huge thing if if the Bucks can keep going, getting get going with Giannis Ryanis, it's that is a that's a sign of some bad stuff going on. Because the Bucks did come into this season, postseason, and into the bubble, back into the bubble as the favorites to win the NBA title, they uh, but as a result went three and five in the during the seeding games. It looks like that sluggish play is starting to keep up with them, is carrying over still. So, it's, uh, right now it's, uh, very interesting. Uh, Fusific said that you have to really be ready for what they do, especially us against a team like Milwaukee, where we have to make sure we know their stuff and we are prepared for everything. It looks like tonight we were, we definitely were on top of that. We did a good job executing the game plan. So, and I said that is True. Uh George L said that the Bucks need to do some soul surging. Uh the biggest thing was they that on the Go needs that said that that the Bucks felt fine energy level. It's just that they need to make more shots. One of the big things was they made forty three percent from a field and from free point land it was fourteen of forty two, which is one third of freeze, and that's a big thing, and they just gotta and like Antetokou said, John said, "Is there's no matter what on the point and things are going to change. You've got to come out, play hard, play even harder, play together and have fun. Uh, earlier in this game, they uh, Milwaukee swept the, season, the regular season series against Orlando, winning four games by an average of 17 points. But this one ended up having a heart, was ended up doing something tough. As uh, Magic end up catching, making, uh, the defense stingy, pretty much what they did was end up causing 16 turnovers and repeatedly clogged the lane, pretty much staying more like inside the paint, keeping the paint in, so not giving any chances for Giannis to like do any drives or any like layups, any dunks of some kind, and, uh. Basically, he told Giannis, "Like, hey, if you want your buck, you want your points, you gotta shoot. You you gotta be doing jump shots." Uh, looks like the, bit, the frustration was evident. Where uh, another big man, for ever big man for the Bucks, uh, Brook Lopez stomped on a chair and then kicked it in a bench area during the timeout. Uh, Vucevic said, "Obviously, our main focus was to try and make it hard on Giannis to protect the paint." We did that as a team. Uh, head coach Gary Clark did a great job fighting him. Oh, wait, that's a player. Player uh, Gary Clark did a great job fighting him, and we were able to help Magic end up leading most, a uh, majority of the game. <clears throat> um, the big part was Orlando using an early 15-2 run to build this 51-33 lead midway for the second quarter. Behind a good fi- 16 points from Vucevic at the time. And uh, in the second half, uh, Milwaukee tried to make several runs. try to like, bounce back from that first half. And But the Magic ended up finding ways to come back at it. Vucevic had 14 points in the third quarter. Scoring down the low points against smaller defenders. And he even stepped out to make, knock down Freeze against these big guys. Which is actually pretty interesting for a big guy. to it Freeze is actually impressive. So as a result, the Magic ended up carrying this 13-point lead into the fourth quarter, and uh, there was at one point that uh, the Bucks ended up trimming the lead down in the f- to six in the fourth. Uh, then uh, Terrence Ross ended up having a dunk and a layup off hard cuts to the basket. DJ Augustin and visibly added Freeze to push it back to 14, and the biggest one who went scoreless in the third in for first three quarters of the game. Evan Fournier end up end up making the stealing the game by hitting free free pointers in the final five minutes of the game. So now the question is: Is there a possibility that they can maintain that focus and intensity? Because the last time they did they did this last year by being the first beating the Raptors' first game, and then in the first game. But also uh, keep it up for the next four because after they beat the Raptors in their first round series, they end up losing four straight. So that's a big question. Because they said, that we came out of a huge victory. Again, it's just one game. We've got to move on, and that's the big one. Biggest one about it was also uh, the Magic played without guards, Aaron Gordon. With a straight, who has a strained left hamstring, and Michael Carter Williams, who has a strained left foot, Aaron Gordon is supposed, expected to return before Carter Williams in the series, probably in this series. And Anunoby ends up playing his first game in a week. That's, if you don't know, he wasn't for the final singing game for headbutting Washington's Mo Wagner during Milwaukee's win over the Wizards on August 11th. The numbers was Vucevic uh, in finishing fifteen from twenty of uh, twenty four from the field, five of eight from three point range, and four assists. Uh, Magic head coach Steve Clifford, Magic head coach Steve Clifford said he was just terrific. He played he's played very well down there down here. He made big play after big play today, but I'm not surprised because his preparation for his playoff series. And I think it will show he's on top of things. So that's going to be, that series will return as tomorrow. Uh, for the Bucks head coach uh, Mike Budenholzer. He doesn't believe that playing in the bubble is backing his team at all. It's always great to play in front of your fans and feed off their energy a little bit. But we've all been down here in the bubble for a while. So I think everybody should understand how to sustain a, a run and prevent runs in the uh, Serious <clears throat> Series. Um the next thing is the, the next game was the Heat and the Pacers going back and forth. Is a of course of division rival. Jimmy Butler, he ends up going uh pretty doing pretty well. Uh in the pulling away from uh in a pulling away from the uh <clears throat> It was Panama Bio? So one of the things was uh, was pretty much Butler usually doesn't hit free. This not he made a who hasn't shot a, made a free pointer since March the second. One of the things was like Jimmy Butler has been doing kind of bad to like hit freeze. And one of the big ones is Jimmy Butler knocks down like two big freeze. Very late in the fourth quarter to help uh, the Heat away from a 103, 113, 101 victory over the Pacers in their game, uh, in game one. Big part of it was from uh, Bam Adebayo imploring him to shoot free pointers. And uh, one of the things was Adebayo said about Butler, who had made these frees since March 2nd. I yell at him all the time to shoot the ball. Tonight, it just clicked where he listened to me and made. He made some big frees. Uh, the big thing was for the Heat. For the Heat. And uh, for Heat was Jimmy Butler scoring 20, 28 points. Scoring 28 points. And then also Goran is scoring 24 for meat Who helped pull away from in those closing minutes. Uh, the big thing was the Pacers now lost... Star guard Victor Oladipo to an eye injury earlier in the game. Uh, the big deal was uh, speaking of Banal Alabado, he ended up having 17 points, 10 rebounds, six assists for the Heat. And uh, and this one's actually a very even game because it's between four and five seeds who are separated by at least a single game. So this is a back. This is going to be a back and forth game. A big back and forth game. One um, of the big things was it was going to be. Uh, the big thing was, of course, Michael. Uh, big thing was the big story of the bubble was, of course, with T.J. Warren who ends up who ends up uh, scoring twenty two points with still alongside Mike, Michael Brogdon. Uh The big thing was all the both did was limited. To eight minutes, he ended up getting scratched in the left eye with 3:26 main in the first quarter. Uh, Apparently, be hit first by uh, Jay Crowder. He ends up see- he ended up seeing uh, the NBA's on-campus like uh, doctors, so he never left the can't never left the bubble, so he can't so he's not on quarantine or anything. But it's going to be something that's monitored for the next few days. Uh, of progress. This is a big thing... Big thing because... Earlier in the games... Victor Aldebo was on a minute's restriction... Minute's restriction because he was... Aldebo was working his way back from a right knee injury... So, this is a, that's a big thing... Uh, for, the, for the Pacers... Uh, before the fourth quarter... The Pacers were down a, by a single point... Going into the fourth quarter, uh, Miami actually opened with a 72-62 lead midway through the third, but the Pacers ended up having this good finish knocking it down to that one-point deficit. Um, the next big thing was Derrick Jones Jr., who was saying this Nick Injury Friday appeared series when he was taken off the floor on a stretcher, was end- ended up being cleared to play, and he had six points in uh, his in 13 minutes of action uh, alongside the Heat. For the Heat... They actually had, uh... They pretty much had, uh... Tyler Hero for Kentucky also scored 15 points. Uh, the big thing was for the... So, the big thing was, now, is this is a rivalry being renewed in a bit. With the two teams who, these teams, did meet furry straight years in the postseason from 2012 to 2014. Especially when, uh, you know, the GOAT, LeBron, and, uh, the big for the Heat... Against Paul George and uh, Pacers with Lance Evenson and uh, Lance Evenson. And uh, the last two of those games were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Miami did win all three of those series, but this is a big thing. The biggest thing right now is the Heat at this game was tightly the road team, and this allowed them to win runner streak to 20 consecutive series where they won at least one road game. The second longest in NBA history. I'm Golden State's current 23 series run. So, so, interesting enough. That's an interesting fun fact for you. <clears throat> so, the next game was going to be an interesting one. And one would have had like a ton more stuff in this one. And probably a lot bigger. Sorry if uh, Russell Westbrook West Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook Give me a second here. Russell Westbrook. Played in his game. And this is between... The Oklahoma City Thunder... And the Houston Rockets. This game was... Uh, ended up doing pretty well. Ended up becoming a steam... Bit of a steamroll here. Because James R ended up scoring 37 points. And getting you know, 11 rebounds. Um... Rockets rolled past the Thunder with a 133-108 victory. And, uh, with, uh... If you don't know, Westbrook played for 11 seasons with the Thunder. He ended was He's out with a quad injury at the moment. I'm not sure when he'll be back. I don't know if he'll be able to play in the series. But I think in the series at all, so... In a series at all. So that's a big thing there. Um, that is actually a big thing there. For Houston, uh, the Rock is up scoring twenty three pointers and end up shooting 48% from the field. Uh, Hart, Jim Hart said our ball movement tonight was excellent. We were just playing off a catch. Guys were very confident in their shots. Uh, when they're open, when they're not open, they're getting off the ball and making a quick decision. Uh, launched for Houston, Jeff Green scored 22 points, and Eric Gordon scored 21, which who, right now, at this moment, they are not sure how long they will be without Westbrook in regards to his quad injury, so, uh, from the bench, the Rockets end up getting 42 points from the bench, and, uh, best thing for the funder was Dan Leo, Dan Leo, Dan Leo Gallinari, End up matching a playoff high career with 29 points for the Thunder. Chris Paul, who joined us joined the Thunder in a the trade, they actually end up saying Westbrook to Houston to begin with. End up finishing with 20 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, almost getting a triple double in this game. Stephen Adams added uh, 17 points and 12 rebounds for the for the Thunder. <clears throat> uh, Eric Gordon scored 16 points and Harden had 15 in the first half, which gave him a 68 to 52 lead at the half. So Thunder coach Billy Donovan said, "I think probably that six minute mark in the first quarter to about the six minute mark in the second quarter, there was a 12 minutes 12 minute stretch where we got very slow. We didn't play with any force. With any force, we weren't playing downhill. We weren't really getting out and running like we need needed to." Uh, OKC did cut the deficit to 10 at one point in the third quarter. But then the Rockets pulled away and led 104 to 83 heading into the fourth. It looks like the Thunder, according to Chris Ball, It looks like the Thunder need to adjust to Houston's zone defense come game two. Uh, Chris Paul says, we're going to figure it out. It's a different team. You play the whole season a certain way. And then you've got a team that switches everything. It's game one. we have got to figure it out. So... So that's a big thing there. Uh, for the Thunder, they're missing a rookie starter gu- starting guard for, for the Thunder. for a Funder, a rookie by the name of Luke Dort in a missing during game with a sprained right knee. Uh, in place of Dort was Ter- Terrence Ferguson Ferguson ending up scoring six points in that game. Chris Ball was called for a technical foul as the team was heading into the halftime break and Harden opening the third quarter at the free throw line. At the free throw line Being the game. Being the first... For the Rockets, they held the Thunder to 30% shooting in the first quarter to take a 20-20 lead. They had just scored seven... They've only had seven turnovers the entire game. Ben McElmore scored 14 on the bench. And, uh... It looks like Green... I believe it is... Jeff Green ended up... Played uh, two and a half years for the Thunder between the years of two thousand eight and two thousand eleven, so that is interesting. That's an interesting fact. The fun fact about this was on Don. Yes, Daniel Garrett and now scored twenty nine. Scored twenty nine points on nine of seven for seventeen shooting. Uh, for sixteen forward says I was just trying to use the height advantage in the post. Just trying to keep. Just trying to keep moving. The more you move out the ball, the more effective you can be offensively. Um, thing was stepping up. The Rockets end up or outscoring the fighter by 28 points when All Green was on the floor. Jim uh, Tarnin said that that's what we need with Russ out. Even with Russ in the game, we need guys to step up and make plays. Jeff was aggressive tonight. Uh, Eric Gordon up missing, had missed six games in the restart with a sprained left ankle. Uh, Hardin says that Eric looked back to his old ways. And we're we we're gonna need that every single game from here on out. Uh, that's that game is gonna be back tomorrow, and then finally to end the night, the biggest uh, game of the night, and this is a big one. Of course, it is of course the Portland Trailblazers and the L. A. Lakers, and to me, I found this the most intriguing of the series of all the series because to me. If you don't know the the past three games that was going on with Damian Lillard, this man, this man, Damian Lillard, came into this game like a goddamn savage, like scoring like sixty, like averaging like over fifty points for the past three games, past three games, and. And then in, in every game, he's this guy is just takes, goes, goes to the logo, goes right out of the logo, and will hit this crazy long ass free from like near the logo, dead ass straight up, just pulls up, just to demoralize you and just to let him know this is my game. It is, it is, dame Time and this was a big one, uh, and of course, this is what a big one is. And for the Lakers, he ended up playing spoiler for the Lakers and LeBron James' first playoff appearance for the Lakers. And this was a big one, he ends up getting literally scores 34 points with a and leads the Blazers to uh, 193 victory last at the end of the night. Uh, for James, he ended up having a for, he ended up having a triple double, 23 points, 17 rebounds, six and 16 assists. Triple double, 24th in his postseason career, and assists were a clear career playoff high. Uh, James says about the game was we had a couple okay, we had a couple of breakdowns, which which you can't have down the stretch, especially against a team like Portland. And he is right, this is a game, this is, Portland is a team really committed, was really getting into this game tough here. Uh, Yusef Nur- Nurkic End up having uh, 16 points and 15 rebounds for Trailblazers, who at one point in the first half laid by as many as 16 points. Uh, for the Lakers, this is their first time, make. this is their first playoff appearance since 2014. This is the first of, since, sadly, the Coast Kobe Bryant era. And, uh, yeah, they narrowed the advantage down to 57-56 at the break. And they kept it close back and forth. And going into the final period, they were down 75-78-75 on a free-pointer by Kuzma. Ended up tying the game. And then the lead was given then, the lead was by a layup by James. And Kuzma ended up getting a pair of free throws and... and making a pair of free throws and never layup and extended to six. Uh, then, with 5.46 to go, this Damian lyric hits, of course, the big free ball. Big free ball from the logo to tie the game. 5.46 to go. And McCall, T.J. McCollum, Larry ended up getting a Florida next, and that gave Portland lead again. After the free, he ended up dancing to the song "Below the Whistle" got played in the bubble arena, which Damian Lillard called the East Oakland Laugh anthem, which is, I believe, is where Damian Lillard's from, East Oakland, <laughs> East Oakland, California. A big one was Danny Green ended up getting a layup, a tied the game. Then after that happened, it was like Lillard decided to at least ball, just makes another free to uh, ensure the lead again, get the lead again. Anthony Davis ended up getting a dunk, which brought the game close to a 95-93. and then it was just, and then Gary Trent Jr. ends up making a number free, brought the game brought uh, Portland up ninety-eight to ninety-three. And then Nurkic, ended up getting a dunk towards the end to seal that seal the game. And uh, the big one was Anthony, Anthony Davis ended up having 20 points and eleven rebounds for Lakers. Uh, the if you don't know how the how the Trailblazers end up making the playoffs for the seventh year in a row, they end up end up making the playoffs for the seventh year in a row. How by winning the first play in postseason NBA game since nineteen fifty six being the Memphis Grizzlies. 126 to 122 is that Saturday. on Saturday. They are among the free teams of losing all of all records to make the playoffs. No, this is the first team below that has who averaged below 500 to go to the playoff season since 2015. The Blazers were out were without uh forward Zach collins because of an inflammation in his left angle in his place. Winion Gabriel starting this place. And the kid actually ended up doing pretty well in the beginning. He ended up playing a huge role in the beginning of the game. Uh, the big the Bard was, in the first half, the uh, Portland Trailblazers end up leading 30, 30 17 At one point in the first half, after Joseph Nurkic, after Nurkic dunked, um, and the Lakers did go get pulled within two, but couldn't pull in front until uh, MVP Davis dunk off uh, James' Path made 50 to 49, which is over three minutes left and a half. Uh, we had, uh we had a 50 to 49 lead with for the uh, for the uh, for the Lakers, but that was short-lived. There was a point in the first half the game did get delayed because the Lakers' rim got tilted and had to be adjusted. One point in the game, uh, Lillard ended up having, end up was not the first time they've had a ball, had dude balled out in a game against the Lakers. Lillard also had 48 points in a 127-119 victory over the Lakers in L.A. on January 31st. So this was a big thing that had to be done, needed to be done, and had to be worked on. And that's a big thing. That was a big thing, uh which is a huge deal. Um this is a s according to that uh uh Lakers coach uh Coach Stotz for the for Trailblazers, uh said that said that it's no different from any other game that's no different from you know, of course at the Lakers we're gonna stop the league the bubbles the the restarts MVP of uh, the restart which he deserves it because of that these past three games. But that's no different from every other game. He says there's not a lot that hasn't he hasn't seen or that we haven't seen. Uh, Portland is also going over Rodney Hood who's continuing to rehab from an Achilles injury. And Trevor Reza who actually decided to opt out opt out of the uh, seat of restart. So, so, yeah, this is a big thing. Um, next thing is, we're John Rondo is in the bubble right now. He has returned to limited practice heading into this playoff, but he's still out with a fracture right at thumb. Frank Fogel, head coach for the LA Lakers, said that Rondo's close, but will continue to evaluate day by day. This is the sixth time... In a first round series that these two teams have met. The Lakers have won 5. This is 12 times these teams in general have met in the playoffs. Uh, the big thing that was on was President Trump ended up wearing a familiar red hat. But instead of usually the, you know, what the President Trump slogan. It, he ends up crossing out the great again line. And there was a line that had made a hat read. Make America arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor, which I'm... Which, at a point... I'm at a point of, like, saying this. it's not... I... No offense, but the people who are doing these merch lines and stuff for, like, this Brianna Taylor stuff is kind of getting a little... It's too much, and it's kind of cringy, honestly, to me. So, uh... So, yeah, that was the big... That was the past two days. That was the first two days... I guess of all games, to me, this is a big thing. Uh, the big thing is... Uh, the biggest part about this with the Rock... Was with the Lakers game... Was pretty much... Was the biggest thing was that... There was a pretty much... The biggest thing was Alex Caruso... And... Alex Caruso... And, of course... KCP, both these men end up playing uh, 29 minutes total, and both of them went a combined 1 out of 15 and 0 for 8 on the floor. 4 assists total, 3 points total. Crusoe getting 2, and called in, uh, Caldwell Pope and KCP getting 1. And these two player in KCP is on the starting lineup. Is on the starting lineup. Crusoe was, was in there. Kyle might end up having a good game. He ended up getting 14 points. 5 from 14. 1 for 5 from 3. 8, eight uh, rebounds. And that was not bad for 30 minutes. But the biggest thing about that whole thing was... That... Deion Wayers only played one minute in that game, and then Jr. Smith didn't play at all that game, and I'm like... Which is something that was a big thing. The big thing was that the team struggled a bit in the shooting department, because there was a part where uh, Danny Green was airballing freeze. He could not hit any freeze. And Danny Green was known to be a good three-point shooter. Like, I've, he's, he's known to hit freeze, like... He's a sharpshooter. I remember that because he played for the Spurs and he played a role in the in a couple of play, couple of playoff series and a couple championships in the cha- in the, last, uh, championship the last championship for the Spurs and last year for the Spurs and a couple of playoff appearances and did play a good role in with the Raptors last year's tournament. So that's a in last year's playoffs and that's a big thing. At as a shock. That's something that needs to be fixed. One of the big things is the KCP couldn't do shit for twenty nine minutes. Why not give? I'm surprised why not give Deion Dion Waiters more time in the game. He only played for one minute. Why not play Jared Smith? Uh, and someone said that both of these players actually could actually have been streaky. Can make streaks. They can make the perimeter shots. They can make the outside shots. Like they prop the Lakers could have won game one. I think this would now. I think this. I think they're gonna make decision of giving waiters more time to play in the game. I think J.R. Smith will have some time as well. And uh and number was Alex Rizzo. No offense, Alex Rizzo It sounds like a good player, but dude, you just. I don't think you were. You're were good, but I mean, you're just. But let's be honest, you are a bench player. You're just a bench player. Y- you're just. Yeah, not on the, you're... Bad, but you're just not, but you're not worth 29 minutes, honestly, to me. Playing 29 minutes? Nah, like, come on. You could have split, I think if you did, was split some of the time, at least with, with Dion Waiters and Jr. Smith, like, give me, fit, give all of them, like, 14, 15 minutes. This, I think they would have actually, uh, done well. Uh, I don't know. It's uh that's something that needs to be talked about. I don't know what else to say about this. But uh yeah, that's all uh that's all the sports there. I think we have covered all the sports. That's a big thing there. Uh do I think the Bucks can are gonna bounce back? Yes, I think they can bounce back from this. Uh I think this is something that needs I think they just gotta figure out what they gotta do in the shooting department. Do I think uh what I think is gonna bounce back from this? I still say I say this: to Jazz has a good chance. Uh, now we're uh, the Raptors end up pulling, having a close one, closer game against uh, against the Ra- against the Nets earlier. Uh, once again, uh, Ryan Van Fleet. If you're watching this right, if you're you're gonna be watching this right, but I'm watching right now. The Raptors end up winning 104.99. Uh, big game, never game, good game by Fred Van Vliet with 24 points, in assists. And uh, Norman Powell end up having uh, 24 points off the bench. Uh, Rise right now, that's at least, there is at least a two little lead for the Raptors. Kyle Ryder ended up having 21 points, 9 rebounds, and actually forced a big turnover in the closing seconds. Uh, the Nets were led by Garrett Temple with 21 points. There was a 3-3 point. Oh, this is about game one, actually. This one got more closer as the Nets end up building a 41 lead in the first quarter. The game, it took the Rappers until nine minutes left in the game. Till, uh, looks like nine minutes remained either in the quarter or in the game. When OG Noby drove a lane and scored on left-handed dunk. And then as of that point, Toronto ended up getting control back. They stretch a lead to 8 on Palace Drive and dunk from the right ring. The Nets end up having this one uh, chance to actually get a chance at this game. Looks like here, it says here that uh, Nets have one final shot to send the game to overtime after after uh, after Timothy Lalu La, Lulalu Cabaret scored a free with 40 seconds left, which trimmed the lead down to 102.99, and Toronto got called for a shot clock violation on the next possession. And and on, I guess, into the handoff near midcourt, Cabaret ended up swiping the ball away, and Powell ended up coming up with the loose ball and scored on this one breakaway dunk end game. And uh, for the Nets... Si- Karis Overt and I'm having sixteen points, eleven rebounds, and every double double for him, and both Jared Allen and Joe Harris both had fourteen points and fifteen rebounds for the Nets. So the big thing was, they're right now they are still remain shorthanded for the Nets. Is coming came into this playoff series with uh, shorthanded without Kevin Durant. He's still healing from his right Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving with a right shoulder. Injury: Nicholas Claxton with a left shoulder, S- Spencer Dinwiddle, DeAndre Jordan, and Tyron Prince all out because of COVID nineteen, and Wilson Chandler opted out due to personal reasons. Uh, for the Raptors, they end up forcing uh, seventeen turnovers in the game, well, mean just eight for themselves, and uh, that's game two, and that's uh, going on. And right now, the Jazz are leading the like sixty-one to forty-eight at halftime. 48 at halftime. Um, right now, let's see. Here. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's leading with 16 points for the Jazz on sixty-six six out of 12 shooting. Uh, Nikola Jokic is leading the Nuggets with 15. 15. Four rebounds for Clarkson, six rebounds for. Nicole Jokic free free assists. He had two turnovers for Jokic. Played 18 minutes, and Royce Neal is leading with six assists for the Jazz. Uh, right now, uh, yeah, Jordan Clarkson leading the game for 16 with 16 points. Gobert is actually leading uh, up next with 12. Uh, Donna Mitchell uh six points. Uh, free of six shooting. 0 for 1 um, from 3 point land right now. Uh, the big one is for the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic scored 15 points, six rebounds, free assists. Uh, with uh, Alport Michael Porter Jr. leading with 12 points, free assists. Uh, 4 for 7 from overall with two two for two on freeze. And that's uh, right now. That's the game right now. Never leaves one in that series. And uh... later tonight is going to be the 76ers and the celtics. And, the and I'm as clippers. I'm going to probably watch. I'm probably going to keep up with both uh, celtics and I'm going to watch both those games while I'm watch while I'm doing my job. While I'm working. So working from home. So yeah, your boy is going to be interesting seeing those games. So so far, the big thing is I'm intrigued. See how this rest of this series goes. This first round goes. This playoffs going to be interesting. Uh, I still say the playoffs going to be interesting. My big thing is going to be how well will the how well will the Bucks do? I'm not sh- how everything's going to go. I still say it's going to be Bucks lakers but it looks like their first round it looks like my prediction for Bucks lakers finals might be a little bit more difficult. Might might not be as truthful as so, because right now a lot this is a play. This playoff is all uh, competitive. Chance I Looks like every team's giving every chance they get, and this is like the more Lakers could have a chance of losing this series if they don't. If they take Damian Lillard lightly, and they also have and they got CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony. It looks like he's turned back the clock a bit. So this one is a. Uh, let's just say if you're. Uh, Lickers van right now, you might want to, you might want to, you might be quaking your knees, quaking in your boots right now, so, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is about to be a science series. Okay, I actually need to stop this, this is, uh, I think it's about time, we've pretty much been under, this has been about two hours, we're kind of under two hours, uh, usually this is a long one, so, uh, yep. Thank you guys very much for watching this. We'll be back next week. Probably at that point, we're going to see. We don't know how these series are going to go and everything. This isn't really a sports talk show, but sports talk broadcast. But some of the stuff for sports comes in a lot more. And this is one of the mean that's going on. I guess, oh, I guess I got one more thing to talk about. Is, of course, with the NFL training camps, everything's back. They're starting training camps coming in full swing. They're now practicing in Practicing in pads now. So the big thing was for the Ravens. Biggest thing uh, going on is Marquise Brown actually uh, ended up booking up. He's playing on being the big deep threat, and and he's healthy, so he's proving he's going to be the deep threat to look out for when the season comes in. Mar Jackson looking on, working at deep, or is going to be working on that deep bomb, on that deep bomb. And, but a big thing is the Ravens could have some, do have some, gonna have some death, but also the government might have a, have a new, uh, new leader, another leader on, in the team, and a good veteran, and a good one, because this week the Ravens end up hosting Des Bryant for workouts at their training camp. Yes, if you don't know, Dez Bryant is... Dez Bryant is a former first-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. He played for the Cowboys. In the first few years, he ended up taking the lead by storm. Uh, did well for the Cowboys. Uh, one of the big things that he ended up leaving was, uh... He ended up, uh... His contract with, uh... Cowboys ended up going bad because of declining production. And a couple of, like, uh... Issues. Um couple of, like, behavior issues. Uh, but, yeah, he ended up taking the time off. Bear himself. One of things is, the Raymonds did come after him in April 2018. This was before, I think this is, like, right around the draft time. This is still as Flacco is the quarterback going forward. And, uh, they wanted to have him, sign him to a multi-year deal. And one of things is, the... Uh, Des was like, "eh, I'm gonna go kind of. I kind of want to go for a bigger one-year deal, and I guess that fell f- something fell through, where it didn't happen, and he ended up getting signed to the Saints. And right, I believe the first practice that he had with the Saints, he ended up tearing his Achilles tendon. Same thing with KD. This is I a mean, it's a big injury, and he's been out of this for about a couple years. He's been training." Close to the Cowboys practice facility in Frisco, Texas. And, um, yeah, he's planning on making a comeback. And this is uh, a chance for him. And uh, Lamar Jackson fought to himself. Said uh, it's up to the front office side if they want to keep him, bring him over. And they kind of need someone to death because one of the things that happened was Chris Moore... Uh, never a backup wide receiver is also a veteran. Ended up breaking his finger. He's out for the next couple weeks. So for the fact that it that Des Bryant could play for Ravens is practicing a practicing with the Ravens, but also there's a chance we could k- pick him up. I say that is a good play, and that is if we can get a pr- good Des Bryant, like prime Des Bryant. Ooh, 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 ooh. Let's just say your boy going to be rocking that jersey. Let's just say you're going to be seeing your boy rocking Raven jersey with pride and cockiness. <laughs> okay? Let's just say your boy going to be acting kind of a little cocky. Okay? You're going to hear me talk a lot of stuff. If you are not a Ravens fan, you probably don't want to hear me. <laughs> so... But, uh, yeah... Anyway, that's it now for that's officially it now. Thank you guys very much for watching. Uh, sorry, this took a while. This one actually took a while because I actually had to spend a couple hours getting some clothes and stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for watching. I'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Same time, same uh, location for now. Uh, if anyone know, didn't know, I was planning on moving around this weekend last week. Uh, a couple weeks ago. But, some things happened. One of the first things was... I ended up... There was, uh, thing Some things fell through with the apartment and everything. Complex and everything. So, uh... I'm... Instead of moving now, I'm pretty much going to be waiting till November to get stuff. And, uh, that'll be the plan. Uh, but still... Meantime, we're still keeping up with the intensity, the energy here on this podcast. And, uh, yeah. Thank you guys very much for watching see you guys next time. I'm Jay Money, y'all. Peace.